Humanity has battled with evil throughout the ages, fought tirelessly to protect itself from being consumed by the monstrous horrors that plague the land. But as darkness grows, the flame of hope grows dim. Who shall rekindle the fire? Who shall save us? They weren't even supposed to be here today. Well, hopefully a bunch of douchebags with dice will do the trick. Crazy adventure. These are the Tabletop Champions. Hello, and welcome to this first episode of Season 3 of the Tabletop Champions podcast. I'm Sean, your Dungeon Master, and with me tonight we have Kyle. Groove is in the heart. We have Ben. Hello. We have Matt. Ole. We have Stephanie. Hello. And for their first foray into the Tabletop Champions character playing family, we have Lauren. Hi. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing? Good. Pretty good. 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 Everyone excited to get into uh, Mm -hmm. season three? Yep. It's going to be good. I'm very excited for this one. So instead of rolling a d20, I figured this time we might just kind of do a quick little brief intro to our characters. Nothing long because we'll flesh that out as we go along, but you guys have put a lot of thought into your backstory, and those details will come out over the course of the campaign. But uh, for now, why don't we go ahead and start with Kyle. Kyle, who are you playing? So I am playing Colin Timble, who is a mouse folk monk. Um, so do we want to talk about the conversion? But I'm basically born as a mouse. Uh, things <laughs> went fucked up in Irulan and became sentient yeah. as a mouse folk. I don't know how much you want me to talk about that right now. Yeah, let me, let me give, a, let me give a, a brief intro <laughs> to that really quick before we get too far. <laughs> so after, after, what are we calling it? The shock? Yes. Is what people are colloquially, uh, colloquially. whatever that word is, colloquially uh, calling it. They call it the <laughs> shock. Love that, but... After that occurred, um, a lot of animals, not all of them, there's still animals everywhere, but some animals in the world became sentient and almost became developed uh, humanoid type features. So there's entirely new races this season. Also, in certain places, some humans who were very sensitive to the weave and the magical nature of the world um, ended up getting some sort of race change into many different kinds of races. Um, And we'll get to that with Ben. But basically, the whole idea with what's happening right now is the world's trying to come back around to some sort of semblance of order and society. So there's a lot of, you know, hatred and and animosity, and and some people want to work together, some people don't. So with this, Colin, continue. So Colin, uh, born a mouse, um, the shock occurs, and he became a mouse folk, um, and uh, the shortest version of it is Colin is is sort of a seasoned elder monk and kind of a commie. Um, and by kind of a commie, I mean like, wow. He's, like, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yikes. Scale, it, Marxism. scale it back, buddy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think the rest we'll just talk about as a, as we go on, right? I don't know how, how deep we want to go just yet. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, what about you, Ben? So I'm going to be playing Eleron Sorel. Uh, he's a Asimar mystic, which is the psychic class that wizards released in an unearthed arcana. Because you just so, have to be different. Yep. <laughs> and complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, making the character and I realized this would have been easier if I was the sorcerer. But with, right? s- with six different archetypes, no less. Jokes on you. You have to do it now. <laughs> Yep, I've committed. No take backsies. Until Sean kills me. <laughs> Which could um, be this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you'll just come up with something more complex that I'm going to have to learn. No, I want to leave this as long as possible. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Eleron was actually born an elf, and he was like four or five years old, so still a baby for an elf uh, when the shock happened, and he turned into an Asimar, which... Uh, rather than aging at the speed of an elf, ages at the speed of a human. Yeah, and so your mom uh, kind of struggled with raising you as a different race, and then uh, yeah, you found your own way. So what yeah. about what about you, Matt? Mine's kind of long winded, but I'll try to shorten it as much as possible. Uh, 
he has two names. Uh, one is his given name. Well, his name he was his human parents gave him, Menos Stoutheart. He was to was supposed to be born as a human, but the shock happened, and he was born as a half Minotaur. Gotta imagine what that birth was like. And some crazy shit happened, and his folks were on the run, boarded a boat. That boat got into a storm, crashed, and he landed on the islands of Fami, which is inhabited by a race of orcs that are samurai. And he learned his uh, samurai fighting ways and took up the name Oda Masahigi. And bless you. Other things happen. <laughs> Excuse me. Other things happen, but I figured these are things that could like come up later in the story. Okay. So then, uh, what about you, Stephanie? Uh, I'm playing Elenia, uh, who is an otter rogue. There's a small chance that I was born an otter and turned into an otter person. I have maybe faint memories of being an otter, but most of my life has been an otter person. Um, I was orphaned um, at a very, very young age. And yeah, I really don't want to give away much more than that. Okay. And what about you, Lauren? Okay. So I'm playing Ren. She is a rabbit folk um, uh, ranger. Uh, She was born after the shock, like I think four or five years after the shock. Um, So she was always born a rabbit folk. She wasn't like changed from another race or anything. And she was raised by humans, um, but decided to leave her little farm life she was living to kind of find herself and get away from some problem. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. Um, it, it turned out that all of you guys kind of came together, um, and found yourselves in a location where there were, seemed to be a lot of refugees. Uh, the world as it stands right now, the previous standard races of Irulan, there are big strongholds of, of people that, um, still believe the prior races are like the true races. And these new uh, people into the realm are either less than or different, and they are opposed to change. Now, there are a lot of accepting previous races, but politically, a lot of the holdouts um, are against all the animal races, as well as the people who were changed, viewing them as less than. So there are a lot of refugees, and you guys found yourself in a location where um, a lot of refugees seemed to come together. It was kind of like a tent city camp when um, all of you guys decided, you know, we should really kind of work together. And you formed this little township called Haven. And with that, uh, eventually more and more refugees were coming and you guys decided you needed to develop some sort of societal build out. Okay. Um, You guys have found yourselves being some capable adventurers. In case I haven't said it, this campaign starts at level 10. Uh, You guys have found yourself to be capable adventurers as well as, uh, you know, combat wise and stuff like that. So you guys found yourselves as members of the Haven Guard. Though you were founding members, your best spot pretty much is the guard. Um, you decided to step away from the hierarchy and left the running of the city to um, a small council that was chosen by uh, the people of the town. Uh, you guys were voted as, you know, you guys should have been council, but you stepped away from that saying you'd be better served as the guard. And so you guys are guards members of this township of Haven. Um, the problem that you're running into right now is Haven's been established for about four or five years right now, and you're starting to get more people than you can support as more and more refugees are finding their way to Haven, knowing it is a safe hold for um, the left-behind people. Um, And so not only do you serve as the town guard, you guys have found yourself going out and adventuring, trying to make some funds to support the town and, and... all that. Um, the other portion of this is you guys took it upon yourselves to found an orphanage in this township, uh, and that's kind of your base headquarters of operations. Yeah, I mean, what, um, what good refuge wouldn't have an orphanage? Right? Yeah. So um, you guys have a very good direct kinship with children. Um, you see yourselves as kind of like savior. No, you don't see yourself as saviors, but you're just kind of doing the right thing as you see it 
as it stands. Um, but like I said, um, the resources are kind of getting exhausted. Um, you don't have the finances. So uh, even though you guys kind of fractured and split off over time and kind of did your own thing, you've come together recently and decided to kind of tackle this head on and go do some adventuring for the greater good, trying to find funds in a desperate attempt to keep Haven together. So um, very recently, uh, you got a tip off that somewhere near Haven, there was actually a cave uh, that was inhabited by some undead that supposedly was thought to have some treasure in the bottom level. Um, when you guys got to this cave, uh, you you fought some you know skeletons on the way down, way below your your capabilities. Like you guys had no problems getting down there. You got to the bottom, fought a very large skeleton. And now you find yourselves in the bottom level of this dungeon, standing before a chest. And that's where we're going to start the campaign. Damn, all right. I still haven't actually figured out what the, what Colin sounds like, but let's do this thing. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I guess I... This is going to be interesting. I say I'm going to have to commit, but if you listen to episode 50, Utax sounds nothing like what episode 60 Utex sounds like. So You guys will find your way. Character development is all what D&D is about. And I have full faith that you guys will find your own and then people will die. So continue. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm going to do a perception check. Okay. 14? Yeah, so you guys are making your way down here. This is kind of a low, not low level, but like kind of rudimentary dungeon you guys have explored the depths of some more um meticulously thought out places this is kind of just haphazard you know you guys are here to just get some coin you would have cleared out any traps or anything that you would have thought would have existed does that include any on the chest uh you have not looked at the chest yet you were too busy fighting Um, But if you are looking, if you are using your perception check to look at the chest, um, it has a very crude wooden lock on it. Wooden lock? Yes, it's very, (laughs) very crude. Um, I'm uh, proficient with the thieves' tools, so I'm gonna move forward and uh, I'm gonna try and pick that up. I'm gonna pick that lock. A twenty-four. Yeah, I'm gonna say that it literally just kind of comes apart in your hand it's decrepit like yeah and this chest is for all intents and purposes unlocked okay um i'm gonna pop it open okay um you find inside three copper pieces a basically chipped ruby that is almost worthless it's about the size of a pea and a dust bunny well it looks like we found the treasure that's not going to help Haven at all. Well, it's not not going to help. <laughs> are, are you sure there's not more? Is there is there another chest underneath it or behind it? I don't think so. Yeah, you find nothing else here. The chest, you guys lift the chest up and it's just like nothing. It's almost weightless. It's almost like it's made out of like some really light wood. And yeah. Well, I at least we got another toy chest for the orphans. <laughs> It's not gonna feed their. It's not gonna feed their belly, though. But it's at least there was something here. It's not like we we went through that much labor to get here. We, you know, it three copper and a chipped ruby is still something. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like you guys probably got, you know, <laughs> one silver off of that ruby and like three copper. That's something. <laughs> That's it's not what we started with. We got here. That's probably gonna. We got something. So yeah, and, and for all you guys know, this is the end of this dungeon, um, and you guys are kind of left wanting as you decide your actions from here. Well, Haven is not too far away to get back to. Yeah. It's like a less than an hour walk to get back, get out of the dungeon, and get back, and so. We've talked a lot, we separately. We've talked a fair amount about Haven, but we didn't talk about like what surrounds Haven. So yeah, what what's the general our like general close proximity? Because obviously, I imagine we would have traveled a reasonable distance in close proximity to Haven. 
Yeah. Um, so just and, so what's the general sitch? cleared out the majority of this, and and this was just kind of a thing where you're like, oh, there's this here's a cave we haven't gone to. You guys have kind of exhausted all adventuring opportunities around here. It's a fairly safe area. Um, it's flanked by a forest. If you guys go to tabletopchampions.com slash map two, and you kind of look to the southwest, um, you'll see Haven marked on the map. It's flanked by what's called the Lost Woods. Um, and it sits in between a city called Trenton and a city called New Doladon. Um, New Doladon has kind of been the bane of Haven, Haven's existence. Um, they do not like the fact that there is a group of ne'er-do-wells, as they see them, camping out in some sort of wretched tent city on the outskirts of their lands. So, um, yeah, you guys have feel like you've pretty much explored the majority of the Lost Woods, and, and now dejected, um, you guys are probably just like an hour outside of Haven. All right, um... I think we're going to have to try and find another source of income. <laughs> like what? There's nothing left here. And the and the farms are barely keeping up with the mouse that are need to be fed. We'll just have to work harder. Maybe we'll find something, some animals on our way ho- home. Yeah, I can get them. But, I mean, in the meantime, what else are we going to do? This is literally the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> well, there isn't even an idea yet. <laughs> we need to go find better means well what 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 adventure more go hunt we can't just stand around and go back with this i would have to agree this there has to be information for dungeons caves with more treasure this is not going to even feed two or three of the orphans Sean, with some of the stuff that you and I had discussed, would there be any knowledge that I would have of of, of something neighboring? Um, to something you know? No, not as of right now. You guy, you you would okay. know through exploration that this is probably grasping at straws what you were doing today, and you guys have been you know doing this all day. Like you're kind of tired. You've exhausted your resources, all for naught. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. I think I think we need to head back to Haven, regroup and and plan for a longer journey. We have to go further than we're used to. But we're not prepared for that w- today. We need to rest our bodies. Fine. So, and you guys you guys have lost a few hit points and all that through, you know, whatever. It's just it's your standard adventure. So, um what are you guys doing? I think we're going to make our way back, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Probably try to do like a little bit of hunting on the way back, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You you have mm-hmm. no problems in the lost woods. Um, it's it's full of animals. Um, they've kind of dried up a little bit as of late, um, because of you know a little bit of overhunting in the area. Not just from you guys, but because of New Doladon coming into the forest and and really just kind of starving it of its resources um you guys are kind your your township is trying to live off the land new doladon is a sprawling city that kind of is ostentatious and they want more and more and more and so your the resources of your little township have fallen victim to those of a bigger city okay so, but you're able to find, you know, like a, like a couple squirrels and maybe, um, I, I'm, I hesitate to say rabbit <laughs> Do it, or two, just go for it. Okay. But yeah, you find a couple rabbits and, uh, yeah, you're able to start to make your way back towards New Haven. Um, you're on the path that leads you out of the forest when you hear some hoofs clacking in the distance. Um, in fact, and you also hear a great many, uh, humanoids walking down the path as well. Can I dash into the woods and stealth? Yes, absolutely. I will do the same. Okay. Um, so yeah, as you guys are dashing in the woods... 26. Uh, yep. Uh, um, Colin, you're able to hide just fine. Oh. Elenia <laughs> attempts to hide, but she's just complete. She's standing on the top of a rock and she's silhouetted, silhouetted against the sun. Um, <laughs> and when she does so, Great. you hear... Who goes there? We are the Haven Guard. Who are you? We have no business with you, Sullied. 
we are making our way back to New Dulladon. Step aside that our cart may pass and our envoy might make its way back. Um, and as you look at this, this is a pretty insurmountable force. There's about 20 different <clears throat> guards. And as you look at the cart, uh, there appears <laughs> to be two well-dressed um, individuals uh, that you can see from inside the covered wagon appearing to have a conversation. Um, one of them leans out and says, Be on your way, Sullied. <sighs> We've left notice at Haven. You should go read it. What do you mean, notice at Haven? What did you do? Salus Ritt has put forth a political document that I'm sure you would find very interesting. Be on your way. I get off the path so they can get over. Yep, and the, they, they make almost no means to stop. They're just kind of pushing through. Um, as you go, you see that they're flying a banner of um, a flying long-tailed dragon emblazoned over a red background um, that you know as the insignia of New Dolodon and the insignia of the new government that's been in pla- put in place within the last 10 years. Um, yeah, you guys are not fond of them because this insignia basically means hatred against your type of people. Um, they, in your experience, they do not want you around. They're, they're super racist towards your type of people. They just kind of want you gone. By your type of people, you mean new races created new post shock. New races created post shock. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it seems like there are two different political sects developing. Unfortunately, the majority falls in the favor of the um, races that still existed after the shock. And they are holding whatever they believe is their political power and kind of carrying their weight around to do so. Um, and if you hadn't caught it, they refer to you and all of the other new races as the sullied. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a racial mm-hmm. slur. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, you said that there were two well-dressed men in the carriage, yes. correct? Yep. Um, is there any way that we would know who they are? Um, give me a history check. Can we all give you a history check? And you can Ooh. do it because, Stephanie, what we talked about. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, with a three. Oh, whoa. That's a lot of Jesus. fails right Jesus there. Christ. No idea who these people are. We, three failures. Lauren, can you, you assume like that there's some sort of nobles help. from New Dolodon? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And for my first roll. I rolled a crit fail. You got season. it out of the way. You got it out of the way. Hey, it's sure. Steph's, Steph's first two rolls were crit fails. Oh, no. That is not good. So you're in the lead, Steph. An omen of things <laughs> to come. Call me Matt, Mini Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, um, the cart passes. Uh, they make almost no regard for you. If anybody was standing in the way, the cart is just the cart and the guards are just pushing forward without even considering that you're there, almost like you're vermin under their feet. Uh, I would at this point, once they've clearly gone and would be well past the point of seeing me, I would rejoin you on the path. Sounds sounds like we've got a surprise waiting for us. Yes, we must hurry. Yep. So you guys uh, make your way back up the path in the dust of this caravan, and it's probably still about a 30-minute walk. Um, I'm guessing you're making it a little faster than usual, worrying, you know, what have they done? What's going on in in Haven? And you guys eventually find yourself coming up on the outskirts of this small settlement. Um, It's got, to describe New Haven, or to describe Haven, it's got uh, some palisade walls around the outside, nothing really big or crazy or super defensive, just kind of like a first line of defense of whatever might come, Um, only because different things have attacked you in the past. Uh, You've had kind of a rough time of making this town, but you built it into something that's better than what it was. It's not a little tent city. It's actually a partially formed uh, society at this point. Um, And there's a few buildings, there's a few ramshackle homesteads, and there's still a port contingent of tents in the southern part of it. 
Um, and as you make your way up to the gates, you notice that there really are no guards standing guard right now. Usually there's a couple standing. Um, and as you get closer to the gates, you notice everybody crowded around a tree in the center of town. And there's murmurs and whispers and, and cries, like people crying. And you're not quite sure what's happening. Uh, it appears everybody in the town, the or everyone from the orphans to um, Sheila Townsend, the leader of the council of the town, are standing before this tree. And everybody's just kind of whispering and murmuring to them, themselves. You kind of hear things like, what does this mean for us? We can't leave. They can't do this to us. So, Sean, can we can we see the... Yeah, on the tree, it appears that there has been a piece of a piece of paper with a um, wax stamp on the bottom of it that has been nailed to this tree. You're still too far away to actually see it. The crowd is pretty, pretty thick. Oh. Are they at least moving out of the way a bit? Yeah, they see you coming and they can kind of step aside a little bit, but it takes you a little bit to get through the crowd. I would you- hope so because I'm like seven foot seven. Yep. <laughs> and uh, as you reach the, the front of the crowd, you see a note that appears to have been nailed to this tree in the center of town. And I'll go ahead and read it. Um, you guys can see it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. It says, and I'll read it in dude's voice. Friends and brothers, by permission of the lands of Irulan and the voice of the people, I have been given the title of Duke of these lands and now speak to you as your leader and friend. You have known me long and know that I love both the chosen races as well as the sullied and always speak with a straight and not forked tongue that I have always told you the truth. Where you are located now, you and my chosen brethren are too near each other to live in harmony and peace. Your game and fowl are exhausted and many of your people will not work until the earth. Beyond the civilized land in the city of Blackrock, where a multitude of your people have gone, the great leaders of Irulan have provided a country large enough for all of you and we advise you remove to it. There the Chosen will not trouble you. They will have no claim to that land, and you can live upon it, you and all your children, as long as the grass grows or the water runs, in peace and plenty. It will be yours forever, for the improvement in the country you where you reside currently, and for the stock with which you cannot take with you, we will grant you fair compensation." I issue this as a sign of good faith and diplomacy between our people. Please read the words herein with an open mind and take the course of action any civilized nation would. I look forward to notifying our rightful queen Minerva Ward of your wise decision. Humblest regards, Duke Salas Ritt, leader of the chosen people of the southern nation, left hand of our queen, great queen Minerva Ward, 22nd of Alluvia in the year... 4,867. And there is a wax symbol emblazoned in the bottom right with three yellow ribbons, and the insignia bears the um, dragon logo that you noticed on the um, standards that they were carrying along with the wagon. Well, well, all I have to say is, uh, last I checked, his title was leader of the chosen people, and uh, he went out of his way to say that we weren't chosen, so not sure what, what... what uh, what he's got to say about us, since we got nothing to do with him. This is our land. We can stay here. And you hear, yes. yeah, that's right. We're not going anywhere. I don't remember bending my knee to any sovereign known as Queen Minerva. So yeah, um, you would know, know he is? says, he says, you have known me long and know that I love both the chosen races as well as the studies and always speak with a straight and non-forked tongue and that I have always told the truth. He doesn't tell the truth. Uh, you guys have been attacked in the night several times yeah. by contingents of people um, that you know he has sent, but he's never been implicated on any of this. Do I have okay? any awareness of Blackrock? Uh, yes. So you guys would specifically know Blackrock as the political people are trying to send people to Blackrock. If you look at the map and you go to the top right corner in this deserted like blizzard wasteland Blackrock lives it's on the coast you can't grow crops there it almost seems like a place where they're just rounding people up and just sending them there you know with these promises of of great you know splendor and whatever but all word that you've heard back from this place is that it's terrible and almost unlivable okay 
And it's also guarded by people from this new government that have been set up. So a reservation. Pretty much. Well, we're not going there. I, Elenia goes up silently, grabs the um, note off the tree, crumples it up, and throws it on the ground. And everybody is like, (gasps) okay. Um, There's like murmurs and whispers of like, People are worried. People are really scared right now. You have to understand that this is hard. You guys have worked very hard to make this a settlement. Yeah. And so, it's... So I would... Uh, let me maybe walk over. Listen. Well, this isn't going to be easy. They've, they've, made their, they've made their intentions known. That it's time for us to clear off the land. But the truth is, they don't have any right to the land. This... We're going to have tough losses, but we will fight for this land like we always have, and that's why we are the Haven Guard. But also, yeah, does anyone and- have any money? <laughs> <laughs> and you hear a, yeah, we can do this, as a um, very big like rock person makes their way from the back of the group. Uh, you guys would know this uh, as Roth Halgren. He's a mog. M-A-U-G. Um, and he is the captain of the guard. He's also a council member. And he says... He's not a half man, half dog? No. Played by John No, <laughs> no I, I get the goof. Um, but he, he's like, People of Haven, we have fought against insurmountable odds. This fake government that has been put in place is trying to oust us, and we will not have it. The great adventurers of this town have said they will fight for us, and we look to them for their counsel, as well as our leader, Sheila. And they look over at this uh, very matronly, like, fox woman uh, standing next to the tree. And she kind of steps forward and says, I agree with Mog. We must have a meeting of the council to discuss what's to go forward. We've never given you any reason not to trust us. Do you trust us in this meeting? All are invited to give their input. We would ask that everybody retire to the council hall so that we may discuss. And there's some murmurs in the crowd, and Sheila begins to walk to this building that is um, just north of the tree right here. Um, And people start filing in, and you guys are still standing by this tree. I think we would all follow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would. So, So um... As we're walking over there, Ren is going to hand the three copper pieces to Colin. Like, there, I have money. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank, thank, thank and walks away. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, walking up to Colin is a a uh, small, like mole, uh, mole uh, humanoid, like child-looking person, and he looks at me and says. Colin, I'm hungry. Do you have any food? The orphanage only gives us meager portions, and I'm so hungry. Uh, and I would pull a, a small amount of food out of my pack. I assume I've got something in there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you do. And yep. of course, I give him food. And Ren yeah. caught some animals and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, of course, of course. And I'd shuffle off some, probably like, I, I assume like a day's worth of rations, probably. Yeah, and he goes running off, and a few children get together, and they all kind of split it up amongst themselves. And, uh, yeah, they uh, make their way into the uh, town center. Were you trying to get me to give that three copper up? Because not happening. <laughs> no. no I'm, kind of, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of trying to feel out character personality at this point. You know what I mean? Sure. So, <laughs> I just thought you were trying to s- siphon off the three copper already. <laughs> yep, we're getting rid of all the money in this game. <laughs> okay. So we had. We just need to find an abandoned bank. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that Doladon? Yeah. I yes, was. that was Doladon. So we should just go raid Doladon. Well, it's the new Doladon. It's Doladon's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're we're in the building. Okay. Um. And it's so when you go in, it's kind of a hodgepodge because, like, you have a multitude of different races, i.e., you have Minos, who Matt plays, who's this very large, like, Minotaur type person. So all the chairs are kind of all different sizes. It's like, 
if you were to, you know, go to like a PTA meeting and there's chairs for the kids and chairs for the adults and just kind of this hodgepodge of different chairs, but everybody has a seat in this place. Except Colin, uh, here's a fun thing about Colin. He scurries up a post and he's sitting in the rafters. Yep. And there's actually like a little nice little perch that up there for you. It's it's well worn because you've spent many a time up on this in this rafter. Um, and so uh, Sheila begins the meeting and she says, now, I know everybody is worried, but we've always found a way. We've always made it work. Sure, we're running low on rations and we're we're running low on finances, but we have this township and we have fought so hard for it. I would ask the council now to step forward and give their thoughts. And uh, this woman steps up, and uh, her name is Galdrin Varnstag. <laughs> or this guy stands up. His name is Galdrin Varnstag. You would know that he's very ashamed of his name. It was a name that his parents gave him after he went through the change. He was only but a child. And it's kind of a insult to him before they got rid of him. Oh. But he still goes mm-hmm. by this moniker as, a, as kind of owning it and going with it. Um, because basically calling someone Galdrin Varnstag is like the worst thing you can do in this world. And Galdrin Varnstag says, Well, I run the tavern, and I know that we've been working on some crops for um, different ales and things like that. Perhaps we could make an export um, with the people of the surrounding areas uh, and maybe bring in some coin that way that we could hire some more guards and protect ourselves for the, I'm sure, incoming fight that we will see and um murdas murda azil who is the overseer of the orphanage when you guys aren't there she's also a member of the council she steps up and says well um yeah i'm a little worried about the incoming fight shouldn't someone go meet with this uh salas writ and maybe come up with a, a, a plan or some sort of deal and ross says there are no deals to be made they have made their point clear all we can do is stand at the defensive at this point. And then there's like some sort of raucous outpouring from the crowd. And um, Sheila's trying to calm everybody down when you hear the door open behind you. And in walks a cloaked figure carrying a bag. And they walk up and everybody kind of grows silent looking at this humanoid. You can't tell if it's a different race, if it's a human, if it's an elf, if it's whatever. And they walk in set down this bag on the counter and say, we would like to invest in your little colony. Consider this a gift of our favor. And then they lay down an insignia of some kind on the table, turn around and walk out. And as they're walking out, they say, we will call on you when the time is right. And they walk out the door. So... Could I do an insight check to see, like, if they mean us ill will or something yeah, to that extent? Oh, no. <laughs> with an eight, with wow. an eight, JK. You have are... no idea what the hell just happened. Do we recognize the insignia? Can I... Yeah. Um, you haven't gotten close enough to look at it. Sheila picks it up, looks at it, and then turns it to face the crowd, and there's an audible gasp from the crowd as there is a flaming arrow emblazoned on this. Um, You would recognize this as the active resistance, the people that actually go out and fight these big cities. Okay. Um, So the rebels. You know this is the order order of the burning arrow, just to be on the nose. Okay. Um, By taking this, that means that you draw a line in the sand. You guys have tried to remain on the outside and not get involved in the back and forth that's happening because this is, I mean, there is a war going on. I mean, there's a, there are skirmishes everywhere from this resistance group that feels completely wronged. Um, Haven has tried to be a refuge for everybody, whether they are standard races or non-standard races. Uh, this order of the arrow, it takes a lot for a standard race person to even talk to someone in this group. These are all outside race people that now believe that the um, previous races are wrong in their actions and they should be removed completely. Mm. 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 Do we really know if their motives are that good? Like, 
You know, is that just what we've heard or do we know? That's just what you've heard. I mean, you guys have never, I mean, different people have approached this town in the past and said, we'd like you to fight with us. We'd like you to, you know, whatever, work with us. Um, But you guys, I think you guys, you got to, like, I really picture Haven like Switzerland. Is that fair? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But without all the mountains to protect us? Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think it is time we draw a line in the sand, but. I'm I'm nervous to align without actually having a conversation to to ensure that these people are are really on our side. I agree with Colin. Um as you're as you guys talking about this, Sheila upturns the bag and about four thousand gold pieces spill out onto the counter. Now I definitely don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. I I fear I fear everything we stand for being sold. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather starve and 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 fight to protect what we have here than to give it away for a bag of gold. I agree. I mean, we would be throwing all our values out the window and, you know, diminishing the meaning of haven for all if we align with them. Unless they're like chill, and then like <laughs> win win. But something tells me they may not be. But I could be wrong. <laughs> well, perhaps someone should go and speak with them. We should at least hear them out. We have heard the proposal from New Doladon. Perhaps the Burning Arrows have a different proposal. I agree. We need to set up some sort of d- dialogue with them. Well, so we should walk into their headquarters, drop a note, and then walk out. You don't know no problems. I know. Are. I was mostly just being... No, but I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying, it's it's weird to you that you guys have heard this and you've been approached and all that, but you don't have any indication of where they're based out of. And it like, if people knew where they were based out of, they would have been probably squelched by the uh, government at some point. They're secretive for a reason. I, I suggest for now, we store the gold. We save it, but store it. And we double up our watch and prepare for the worst. It seems it seems the burning arrow will come to speak to us when they feel the time is right. We just need to stand strong with our convictions or something. I don't know. <laughs> and Sheila, about- says, Sheila steps up and says, now, now, what should we do with this? I'm hesitant to take this boon, but we could really use it. Generally, the council does not defer ultimate judgment, but this is not our decision alone. This is all of your decision. And there's people in the crowd that say, I say keep it, those bastards have stopped us for the last time. And there are people that say, no, we can't take this, we're a peaceful people. You know, it's just kind of a back and forth, and it devolves into just this. It's overtaking the boon, like the, 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 the symbol, you mean? What do you mean? Or the money? What are we talking about? What are like they- taking taking the money is like you guys are basically saying you're with these other people, it, or or not? I mean, they dropped it without saying anything. Well, yeah, I guess that's why my my suggestion was to store the money, like not to necessarily use it, but I mean, like we're not going to leave it in the middle of the town, yeah. Either, but that's what that's what the people are kind of in argument about right now. Some people are saying spend it to save Haven. Other people are saying, don't spend it, don't even touch it, like, you know what I mean? And there's just a raucous debate occurring right now. All right, well, I'm on, I'm on team don't spend it, don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> just, are you yeah. making your voices I mean, heard with this, or are you... Well, I, I think I kind of already said that we shouldn't spend it, what, I don't know. What about you, what about right. you, Elenia? You haven't spoken very much. Um... Elenia says no, but, you know, again, Elenia isn't really piping up very much. I think it's more just shaking her head, um, you know? Elenia gets her cloak pulled as she's thinking about this while leaning up against the wall in the side of the room, and it appears to be a small mm-hmm. child, and the small child says, Elenia, I, what do you think we should do? I know that you've always told us to find our way. Um, you would recognize this person, uh, this little child, as kind of this, uh, a member of a little group you formed in the orphanage. 
Um, would okay. you like to indulge the listeners in that? Uh, yeah. So what, I guess, you know, I don't want to go too much into it, but basically um, I have been mentoring children in different orphanages around the land and have been using them basically, you know, to gain information for me, things of that nature. So I basically have eyes and ears everywhere. But well, you've also spiders. been teaching them. Yeah, but yep. She's yes, I've also Boris. been teaching them. Yeah. Um, but she's also been teaching them like how to survive, you know, like right. outside of what yeah. the orphanage standard teaches. Like she is like, look, they can tell you one thing, but the world is really like this and you've got to look out for this. And like, if you want to pickpocket, right. this is how you do it. You know, that kind of thing. So, Sorry, I guess I, I said mentoring, and so I figured that kind of went, yeah, but you're basically, right. I, I think should the, have done the conclusion better job. that we came to with it was that you basically pretend to teach one class when, in fact, you're teaching another to this little <laughs> secret group of kids on in different places. Nice. Yep. So <laughs> she has eyes and ears in a lot of towns, but um, this little kid right now is looking for guidance and looking for your position. Varys running D- uh, Dumbledore's army. There you go. There's d- yep, there's, pretty much. there's a double yep. double reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, what is my number one rule? You don't talk about... Trust uh, no <laughs> one. Trust no one and don't get caught. Exactly. <laughs> so, we do not trust them. We do not take their money. We do this all on our own. Okay. We're hungry, but you've always found a way. Thank you, Elenia. I always, my child, and I kind of like pat him, kind of little embracing, but still standoffish. Like it's kind of awkward. Actually, you know what? I'm no. thinking that like he extends his hand, and you guys have like a secret handshake. Oh, I like that better. Yeah. Good job. So that they, the, your little spiders, know each other. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, yeah, and he kind of trots off back to a seat with the other, the other children. Um, so, and this, this raucous uproar is still happening and they're trying to quell it. Like it's to no avail. It's kind of like a, everybody feels like they're right in this and it's kind of going nowhere and just devolving at this point. I think uh, I try to, it's like, I don't know, I'm a quiet person. So I'm trying to, you know, make as much noise as I can to try and regain some some composure but well i feel like if you're making noise like that's outside of colin's mo yeah um well, would if, you like to if... give me like a performance check to try and take the floor <laughs> uh sure uh, and okay. if, if eleron sees colin trying to get everyone's attention he's gonna well i was gonna eight but <laughs> i got a 10 but maybe that's just because i'm bad at this god um Fuck. But uh, still, I'm just trying to say, like, please, please, let's just. Yeah, some people, I can help with this. Some people take I, notice. Uh, yeah, I use my big minotaur voice to yell out uh, for for everybody's attention, and Colin can be like on my shoulder. Yep. Um, okay. And I just say, can't we? Can't we see uh, as evidence of the fact that we can't come to a decision that the only decision is to leave this until we have more information? We we clearly we we clearly can't make the decision we need to make. Colin's right. We need to find out what their intentions are with us. If this was simply a gift, then we should then we have no worry with using it. Okay, all of you guys will roll me like charisma or oh. performance or something. All right, I'm bad at. Um... All right. I'm looking for a can fourteen I... or above. What about? Can group. I convince you that it's acrobatics? Uh, no. All right. Just thought I'd say I would never say no, but I, can. I mean that's just Ooh. There yep. we go. Yep. Uh everybody kind of murmurs amongst themselves and starts to kind of get quiet. And Sheila says, "I agree with Colin. He's a well-spoken gentleman and when he speaks it always carries weight. We should wait and see. Make our way as best we can and then and only then if we get desperate enough to spend it." We'll hold another meeting. And everybody kind of nods and gets kind of sad because people were, a lot of people were pretty excited about having 4,000 gold to kind of bring the city around. But everybody kind of just calms down, takes a look at the situation, takes a breath, and they're like, We'll reconvene tomorrow evening in the town hall. Um, until then, be well, rest well, and guard yourselves as always. And uh, she stands up. Everybody stands up and begins to make their way out of the uh, chamber. 
I steal 4,000 gold. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Sean, can I pass a note off to one of my children? Yes. That is basically to start finding information. Yep. About, I have notes. I have notes, Sean. I really have notes. <laughs> the the order of the burning arrow. Yes. So um, you uh, you guys actually know a ton about the order of the burning arrow, and you know a ton about the other society. Do you have any specific questions that you'd like to know? Yeah, more if they're trustworthy. Uh, they you don't you that you don't know. I mean, you know that they I are can't probably, find that out. They're probably trustworthy is what you've taken. You just don't know if you align with their motives. A lot of the reason that Haven hasn't been attacked a lot is because their guards are constantly watching for attacks from this group, the Burning Arrow. So they're taking a lot of the flag. If the Burning Arrow, technically, if the Burning Arrow didn't exist, Haven probably wouldn't be around. Only because they're, but they're, but they're everywhere. You know what I mean? They are everywhere. Okay. Um, then, can I find out more about their motives? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Would you like to try and okay. find like leadership information or yes, stuff like that? Okay. Um, you're, there's going to be some lag time to get that back. It'll probably be a little bit That's before fine. you get some more information. Okay. That's fine. It's not like an instantaneous thing. This is something that is a overarching plot point that will probably take you a couple episodes before you get a honest reply about anything. Okay. Oh, of course. So, no, I, I but expected yes, that. Yes. So you you pass this off to one of the um, older kids in the orphanage that kind of floats between towns and helps other kids, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yep. they're on their way. Okay. Um, do you have any coin? Uh, I didn't spend any of it yet. But but you have a few gold that you can send this child with to basically ration yes. them out and then pay off people accordingly. Right. Because yes. it's going to require some sort of payment like that to be able to do it. Of course. So, so what? what is reasonable? Um, I like would say probably 10, gold? 10, 10 to 15 gold to start with. Okay. More intense things, right. it's probably going to get up there. Okay? Because you're going to no, have to bribe I, guards fair. and do all that and sh- shit like that. So it'll be on a case-by-case yep. basis. For something like this, it's probably 10 to 15 gold. Okay? Okay. Perfect. So, uh, Yeah. Um, so they, they rush off and you guys are kind of in the council chambers as people are filing out. What are you doing? Um, I would probably be planning, like, what time of day is it? Uh, it's getting into uh, later evening, so probably eight thirty nine 9 o'clock. Uh, I would probably just settle into probably planning to do guard some of my own little guard watch of the money and uh, the area. Yeah. So Sheila gathered this up. She made it known that she was going to put it in a safe location. Um, you guys, so you can roll, you know, checks and stuff like that if you would like, but you've never been led astray by Sheila. She's always been this guiding force of not, good. Not distrusting her, just keeping an eye on it, assuming not yeah, that Yeah, and it, you, not that... You, guys are tr- you guys are trusted as well. So if you wanted to accompany this, no one would question you. Like, you guys have made it this far by trusting each other. The entire city, you know what I mean. There is anybody who proved themselves like awful, like would steal chickens from someone or stuff like that, has already been kicked out of the town. This is a really, really tight knit, almost family of hundreds of people. At the same time, four thousand gold is a lot. At a moment, and with the at a moment yep. when people are starving, can cause thoughts in people who are otherwise good people absolutely and so i just would like to keep an extra watch to see not that i distrust sheila i think sheila won't touch the money that's not my problem but someone who is literally starving um has different motivations so yep so absolutely so uh, as it's getting i mean it's like 8 39 o'clock just so you guys know in haven you guys do have like your own little house Mm -hmm. that all of you kind of stay in so if you look at the I don't think you guys would pick one of the larger manors. I think that you guys probably have one of these houses. The larger manors are, they're not even manors. They're like, like there's a blacksmith and there's a weaver and there's, you know, whatever. All of these houses on the north part are pretty much where everybody lives. And there's one that's grand enough to accommodate all of you guys. And you guys kind of live there. That's kind of your home away from home. It gets kind of crowded when all of you stay there. Um, But, you know, 
I would like to say, think that uh, Colin kind of crashes a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, and that's kind <laughs> of it. I, I feel like all of you guys are kind of on that same thing. You don't really... You're happy to have a home and a place to go to, um, a bed, because most of the time you guys are not there. Plus, at least one of you is there at any given time, but... Plus, we're animal folk, most of us, so yeah. I have to assume mm-hmm. we take lots of naps. Yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, Can I propose that Minos has to sleep on like a comically small bed, because right. all of us are two feet tall except for him? <laughs> right. Either that or it's like six beds pushed together. (laughs) Slumber party. I see Menos either sleeping on a really small bed or he just sleeps against the wall. Yeah, I think with your upbringing, you could sleep on a rock and be okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you find comfort in the simpler things in life and even just being able to get rest is like a boon to you. You know what I mean? Just... Yeah, I'm like the stoic samurai who like sleeps with the sword uh, in between his arms, like yep. ready to draw whenever. Very simplistic, very, yep, direct to the point. Yep. So um, you guys have your little like shack, but is there anything that you'd like to do before you go to sleep? Uh, um, Aleron's going to go like hang out with the orphans. Okay. Like try and basically try and like cheer them up and make sure they're not all... Super depressed and starving. The mood is pretty somber. Um, is there anything that Eleron usually does to cheer up the kids? Um, well, he likes to play uh, card games with them. Okay, absolutely. And like, so you've taught them not only like the fun, you know, like hearts and stuff like that, but you've also taught them a couple little gambling games here or there. I'm guessing, you know. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't. Cards are cards. They're much, never totally but... good. They're never totally bad. But and the world is what it is. So, but yeah, you're you're yeah. playing, you know, hearts or spades or something like that. And uh, crazy eights, crazy eights. <laughs> yep, just kind of having a good time. And <laughs> and just you being there kind of brings the mood around because you're not always there. And like the kids are always excited to see you guys. Like it's a it's a thing whenever you're around because there's always one of you there, but they always kind of just miss all of you. You know what I mean? And so the mood brightens a little bit, but it it's still kind of sad based on what everybody saw today. Anything you'd like to say to kind of try and change the mood? Uh, God, I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Okay, well, basically, like you're just you being there brightens. Brightens their mood a bit from their 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 unhappy state of the day. Anyone else doing anything? Um, I would like to go to like the gate and check with the rest of the guard. Okay. Uh, what are you trying to uh, find out? Uh, just checking to see if they saw anything strange or how they're doing, how morale is. Um, because... so morale is low. But they usually, they, the whole thing is like, usually there's scouts or someone watching the city. One thing that you find out is that they have specifically not seen anybody. Um, and I think that what you take from this is that they uh, do not have scouts sent out right now. They're kind of waiting for your reply in New Doladon. This is their idea of good faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, I think all I might do is... Uh... Like, try to lift morale up, like, tell, like, a few war stories that I might have been in. Because who doesn't like a good war story? Right. And they chime right back. They they kind of come in with their their meager fights of battle, but it's kind of nothing in comparison to yours. But you're encouraging them, you know, just kind of everybody's having a good time. Maybe have a, a couple drinks. Like, it's... It is what it is. You guys are, like, think of, like, middle middle of war... You know, there's always time for for a little bit of a break. And if they're not seeing scouts, maybe now's the time to kind of allay their worries. I don't know that it's a good time for the guards to be drinking, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I would disagree on that. But, you know, OK, fine. <laughs> I wouldn't reprimand them or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just kind of it's it's more casual than it usually is, because the, a lot of them are of the feeling like, well, we're fucked anyway, you know. That's bad morale. It's bad morale right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, if they were other samurai, I would say otherwise, but yeah. they're just 
they're just your average folk who they weren't even like supposed to be guards. Like they weren't even supposed to be here today. So, um, what's everyone else doing? Um, I don't know how well this will work out, but I'm gonna give it a shot. So I want to try to see if I can find kind of the direction that the robed figure from the flaming arrow went. Do you have like tracking or anything like that? So uh, a survival. nature check? A survival, yes. Survival would work. Give me a survival yeah. check. And if it's a humanoid, I have advantage on that. Absolutely. Well, humanoid or human? Probably humanoid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's humanoid. We'll go with it. House rule, humanoid. Okay? Yeah, uh, so you notice something weird. So you notice, like, you basically see the massive footsteps that led into the town center, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see one set of footprints kind of make its way off, and then all of a sudden disappear next to a building. Ooh. It's like they vanish without a trace, almost like this person climbed a building or um, um, flew or something. But it's next to the side of a building. If you're looking at the map mm-hmm. and uh, you see, so they would have exited like this way instead of going towards the gate and would have their footprints probably would have vanished about right here um, on the ground. So it appears that they either took off and flew or they made their way onto the top of this barn. Can I go on the other side of the um, fence and see if there's like any other tracks or anything? Just in case. And with your check, you did pretty good. You'd notice no other tracks surrounding this building that would have been fresh enough to indicate that other than people coming and going from the town square. You see nothing Mm. out of place specifically with these footprints that would have indicated that. Okay. Well, then. Okay. um, I think I would probably spend the rest of the night kind of just checking for scouts or anything of, you know, importance. Kind of doing like a little patrol. And then um, eventually go to bed after like four hours. Yeah, everything's very calm. You can notice people, like, they're, the lights are on later than normal. People mm-hmm. are a little at unease, but mm-hmm. you notice no other threats. Okay. Um, anyone else? I think after everyone would go to bed, I will probably hold a little survival class. Okay. For yeah. my little, my kiddos. Yep. Morale is low, but you kind of, you bolster your, your children. They, they're very at your beck and call. Um, there is a specific little child named Charlie who has, I mean, he's not the smartest kid, um, but he believes in what you say. He, he might have some sort of like, um, slowness to him, but you've kind of taken him under your wing and he's listening to your every word and getting a lot of hope from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you give this survival class, and at the end of it, uh, morale is boosted a decent amount. You tell everybody that you know everything's going to be okay as long as they take care of themselves. You give them some tips on taking care of themselves in this hard time. You give them instructions on how to get out of the city if something bad happens, is what I would guess. Yep. Okay? Uh-huh. When you're making your way back to the cabin, because you're the last one up, as you t- almost take one step onto your the the stoop of the the house that you live in a arrow comes flying out of nowhere and lands on the ground in front of you um the tip is on fire and there appears to be a note attached to it um i pick up the note okay you read the note and it says we must meet tomorrow in the lost woods by the old tree come with your group and no one else signed and there's no signature and I think okay. that's where we're going to end the episode. All right. So, good good well, start damn. to the campaign. Maybe, maybe not. Damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. I'm kind of. I like it. So. It's good, but man, it bums me out a bit. Like how bad things are. It's kind of. It's kind of. You guys can only go up from here. So. <laughs> See, we played in your campaigns in before, France. Sean. I I know. I know. I'm sorry. It'll get a lot more lighthearted, I promise. But I gotta, I gotta Is set it? the tone. I gotta set the tone of what's going on in the world. So, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to our podcast. As always, you can find us on our website at tabletopchampions.com or on Twitter at tabletopchamps. I'm at Sean the DM. I'm at Fung. I'm at the Void Man. The O is a zero. I'm at RP underscore G Gamer. I'm at Nat Twenty Steph, and I'm at the Nat One Lady. 
And I'm going to do a real quick rundown as a special shout out. Uh, I'm going to try and do this more regularly to all of our patrons. So hold on to your butts. Uh, so King K, Jeff E, Alex J, Melody M, Brian G, Michael C, Amley, Sunless, Luke S, David D, Kate, Katie G, Catherine N, Casey W, Benjamin W, Ronnie S, JG, Tristan W, Quinn M, Alex S, Brady F, Rose K, Alex K, Stephen H, Joshua B, Peter D, Isaac S, Nathan B, and Semicolon. And I will say right now, if you're uh, our patrons are going to uh, put forth NPC names, get them in now because we got well, a no. lot of NPCs to name. Oh, all right. Well, usually we were just going to pull from those names and kind of name things off people. But if you would like to request NPC names. I would like to request names. And, and here's the thing. They can be silly and they can be fun. Just not super crude. And we're good. All right. Not super offensive. Other than that, we're good. All right. Give me some NPC names and we'll credit you. So then, like magic, when uh, I post this episode early for the patrons, which is a thing I do, um, I will solicit at that point all of our wonderful patrons to come up with some NPC names. So if you are a patron, go check it out because it's already there. Anyway, guys, other than that, thanks for listening to the first episode of Season 3. And until next time, toodles. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.